Listen in this week as Crystal Hale, TC as no. Listen in this week as TCSC alumni Crystal Hale and Women's Conference organizer shares at the annual Awake Women's Conference. And so God, your word go forth and accomplish what it has what he he has planned and purposed it to accomplish in our hearts. And so help me to be focused on what your spirit is saying. But as I was just sitting with, I just remember this statement. But I think that we, and I'm going to read it in a second, and it was just a really cool moment, but I think we can sometimes come and approach the Word of God and even our prayer life, and we're asking God, show me who I am. Show me my purpose. We desperately want to know these things, don't we? Everybody in here, every time I talk to women and get into small groups and, you know, have conversations, we all want to have purpose. God created and designed us as humans that way. And a lot of times it's amazing when you get with women. Women just want to help. We are such servants. God has just put that in us naturally as moms and just the, the nature of a woman, even if you don't have children. It's just the nature that God has put in us in general. We just want to serve. We want to help people. Almost, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever heard somebody ever say something when you get to the deep core of who they are outside of those kind of that kind of realm. But sometimes we can so seek God for who we are but we fail, the thing we fail at is that first the Bible is a declaration of who he is. You need to understand whose you are before you can understand. Because listen, we think if we only can, this is the little statement that this, um, her name is Jen Wilkins. It's a book that I've been reading. It's just, it's called Women of the Word. But she says, we think and I'm sitting there, and I just started reading this out loud. It was funny. I'll get to the last part of that. It says, if we think that if, or we think that if we could just, just the Bible or God could just tell us who we are and what we should be doing, then our insecurities, our fears, our doubts would be banished. But our insecurities and fears and doubts can never be banished by the knowledge of who we are. They can only be banished by the knowledge of who he is. It's like David. It reminds me of David. David didn't come in all of his, you know, little David when he took down Goliath. If you're not familiar with the, that story, he was just a little boy. But he didn't come knowing that he had this strength in himself. He said, no, you come, in the you come up against the name of the Lord and God's people. This is the confidence that David had when he defeated Goliath. He knew who his God was. And so... I know that so many of us want to know our purpose and need to know our identity, and I'm going to go into that, but really it starts with a revelation of who he is and who he is on your behalf. Anyways, after I, I read that, I was just like, I do the like, I want to get up and do the Holy Ghost like, yes, Lord, it's powerful. I love the truth. My son was sitting right next to me and I just read this out loud. He said, that's powerful. My five-year-old son, he said, it makes me want to worship. I said, yes, he's hearing truth. Thank you, Jesus. He's hearing the truth and becoming excited about it. But I remember when I went into the doors of Teen Challenge in 2008 in May, <clears throat> And I remember about two to three weeks of being in Bakersfield Teen Challenge. I was just, that, I don't know if you ever just paced outside in the parking lot. I'm leaving. Man, I've got to go fix this stuff. I just can't take this. I want what they have. I just can't do it right now. I'll come back. 
That was my argument in the, in the parking lot as I'm supposed to be sweeping. I'm gonna go, I'm right there on the border, Oildale. And I thought in my heart, I just was saying this in my heart, Lord, I want, I want this. I want what you have to offer here. I'll be back. And I started to walk off the grounds there in Bakersfield Teen Challenge. And I had never heard the Holy Spirit like I had heard God speak to me in that moment. And the Lord said, Crystal, if you leave, you will not be able to come back. And I knew in that very moment that I was not going to survive. That it could have been the fear of the reality of the two realms of being right with the Lord and, and dying in my sin was really real to me. And I knew in me that this, that God wanted to do a major work and it was going to take a lot of hard work on my end. But the next thing that the Holy Spirit said to me was, you need to know who I am. What my word has to say about who I am and who you are. And I never really considered that really until in the last two years when God really spoke that to me. I knew that I needed to know who he was. And I know some of you know my story because I get to LA Teen Challenge and stuff. But ironically, I couldn't read. I was the most uneducated person that I thought that I knew. I didn't go to school. I didn't have parents that helped me and, and read to me and all that kind of stuff. So I couldn't read this. And it was a process of learning how to read. And I love to share that because people come to me all the time. And I want you to see me through the proper lenses by the grace of God that has been given to me. This isn't something that I've just, you know, I ain't got no education. I ain't got the stamp of approval, okay? It's just the Holy Spirit. And it was a process of learning who God is and trusting him through my circumstances. So in finding out our identity and being settled in who we are and no longer striving through life, we of course first have to know who he is. And it's a learning process. And we're gonna turn to Matthew chapter 16. And I love this portion of scripture because it really is the order of this. We first have to have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Matthew 16, we're gonna start in verse 13. I know we're like all over in time, so we'll just, we got all night. We'll just keep going. I want to just make sure I, so Matthew chapter 16, we're going to start in verse 13. It's supposed to be done at 630. Okay. You see Jesus start this very conversation with his disciples. I'm not even on 16. I don't know how I got to nine. So you see Jesus start this conversation. I'm going to read this portion of scripture, and there's a lot going on in here, and we're going to break this uh, down a little bit tonight and really talk about the principles in this portion, but I'm going to read it really quick because it's his word that is alive and active, and the Holy Spirit is just going to bring up things. I love that skit in your life that he wants to deal with the way that he can do it, Okay. So it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood 
has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he goes on and tells his disciples, don't tell anybody these things right now. <laughs> Crazy statement after that. I would have been like, yes! I would have ran out there. Let me tell the world. But because he hadn't been, you know, given up yet. But I love this because he starts this whole conversation, this whole thing of understanding first who he is. You see him come into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and I hope at the end I'm going to show you a picture. I got to go to Israel two years ago and actually step foot in the place of Caesarea Philippi, but I'm going to move past that right now. He just comes into this place, into this region, and he begins to stir this question in his disciples. And I thought it was interesting that they go ahead and that they, you know, when he says, who do men say that I am? And they started to say, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And I thought it was interesting. I've never really paid attention to that. But these were men of God. These were powerful men of God. These were men that actually did miracle, great exploits for the, for the Lord. If you don't know who Elijah is, he's one of my favorite, called down fire from heaven. And I mean, these, they were men of God. They looked at these, uh, these prophets and even John the Baptist and they wondered if he was the Christ the one that was to come and um, I just thought it was interesting that they really esteemed Jesus even to this level but what is really uh, a big problem with that is all of these men's men were not able to forgive sins even when John the Baptist seen Jesus coming he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the one that is able to cleanse us from our sins. He did not just come preaching the kingdom, but he executed the work of God in the kingdom of making us right before him in the forgiveness of sins. So he was not just this powerful man of God. They, were, they marveled at all the things that he began to teach and the healings and all that kind of stuff that he was doing. But he wasn't just a great man. And a lot of uh, different religions today say he, they believe he's a prophet. But a prophet cannot forgive the sins of man. He was the perfect sacrifice to cleanse us from our sins. And I just thought that was just so interesting. I never really had sat with that before, that they even esteemed him as high as one of these men of God. They, they, I mean, the scriptures were written. They followed Moses, all these people, you know. But they missed that one element. They wanted him to stop. Like, this man ate with sinners. He healed the lame. And see, the, the, especially the religious leaders and the people were really confused about Jesus in this time because they wanted him to establish a kingdom now. They wanted the, the you know, they were the chosen people of God and, and really it was very much of a selfish ambition in their hearts. They wanted to be, a, to be exalted in the eyes of the people because they were the chosen. They were the ones that God had chosen 
And they wanted God to come down and put them in their rightful place and get rid of all these sinners. But Jesus came and ate with these very people that they thought weren't worthy. And so they were really just dumbfounded. And a lot of it, if you start reading through the scriptures, you can see, man, they would get real jealous that everyone was falling after Jesus and not after them and their little agenda and their church program and all of that. Listen, this is a really, I feel like in the last year or so, God has really been giving me eyes to see this, even in my own heart, because it starts here. But there is such um, comparison and um, we want to be noticed. We need to kind of receive some of the glory, and it's a very hidden place in our heart, and it causes a lot of strife in the church. And it causes a lot of strife among us. See, the enemy has two ways that he wants to really mess everything up. This way is first, and then it happens this way. With us, a lot of division, a lot of selfish ambition. And I feel like I've really recognized these places in my own heart that almost have been somewhat subtle. And I've had to just deal with them before the Lord. And that is a lot of where the people were at in the time. So I'm going to keep going on. It says, so in 15 and 16, after they kind of just, 15 it says, uh, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And he goes on and says, Christ, that first revelation and then Simon Peter, or Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, I love this part. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. I love that he kind of used Simon Barjona and addressed Peter in this way. Do you know that when Peter first came to Jesus... And I, and I know the Gospel of John chapter 1, 40, 42, or whatnot. When Jesus first laid eyes on Peter, his name was Simon, that he called him Peter. Do you know what Simon means? Just make sure. I got my notes here. Simon means listen, or he's heard. See, Andrew, his brother had been with John the Baptist, and Andrew began to hear uh, uh, John the Baptist say, you know, that's Jesus, that's the Christ, that's the one. So Andrew started to follow him, and when he sat with Jesus through the night, he ran back and got his brother Simon, and he told him, I think I found the one that we've been looking for. So Peter comes with uh, Andrew, and as soon as Jesus sees him, he says, you are Peter. You are Peter. Simon Peter, or Simon, meant listen, listened, he listened, he heard, and he came, and Jesus renamed him Peter. Peter means little stone or rock, something of substance. He heard the message, he believed as he came, and Jesus changed him, 
and made him and created him something of substance. The revelation that he was having was that of substance. That's one of the first keys to the kingdom is the understanding. This is what we're going to unlock, begin to unlock and open the doors to the kingdom for people and lead them to Christ is by our witness of who Jesus is on our behalf. But I love that he just called them Simon Peter. And another reason why is that he had to very much understand that he's mere man. We needed to understand that Peter was mere man. He was just simple folk. And I love, uh, it's Acts, I think it's 4, verse 13 or whatever. Even the people seeing Peter and the disciples as just common people. You see them marvel. It says that they looked at the boldness of Peter and they marveled because this man was unlearned and untrained, but they marveled at him. <clears throat> he was just common folk. <laughs> common folk. We are common folk. But it's been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. And it says towards the end of that, but you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. <clears throat> it goes on and talks about the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Do we have those pictures, David, really quick? You can get those queued up. I'm going to close down in a minute, but. So. It says he came into the region. This is really important, I think. I'm a visual person. I love all this kind of stuff. So Caesarea Philippi, we don't know if Jesus was standing in the same spot, but it was a, a pretty you know, significant region, and there was a lot of fresh water there. So it became ideal for idolatry and worship and sacrifice to other gods. I mean, it was rampant in this place. It, there was, you can go to the next one really quick. This is just a mock-up of this area. These temples, they were all built there, caved into the thing. You can go to the next one. This right here, they actually believed in, this was called the gates to the underworld. And I don't want to go into all the sick things that were done in this place, but they, I mean, just sacrifice after sacrifice. In this whole area, this whole mountain, you can walk off to the side, there's shrines and all kinds of things uh, that are, they still worship today, different gods there, but it was like the happening place. This is where Jesus walked into and began to reveal this. I just think it's mind-blowing that this place that he's saying that the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. The physical wicked that you see here on earth is not going to stop the word of God, is not going to stop God establishing his church. And it's established by your confidence in who he is and who you are in him and growing in that. Listen, you're going to grow in your understanding. You're going to grow in uh, your faith and you're going to grow in all that. But just because your lack sometimes, lack thereof, we think of our understanding of things does not change the position that you already hold in the kingdom. I think about my children. We already, me and my husband, are planning to hand everything over to our children. They already own everything that we have. They're being matured and, and you know, grown to be able to handle it. 
but they already have all of what we have. <laughs> and it just gives me just a, I mean, just a slight insight to what we hold access to in our understanding, in our heart, in our faith in the Lord. He says the kingdom, the kingdom. And so though we're growing and maturing in our understanding and all that, it doesn't change the position that you already are in as his daughter. And you know what? As we change, I thought I looked up so many names of what God changed people, Jacob to Israel, Abram to Abraham. But when I was sitting with the Lord a while back, um, I was just like, I'm like a little kid. Lord, give me a new name. I want a new name. I tried to name my, change my name in Teen Challenge. It didn't happen. They're like, we ain't playing all that. We ain't playing all that. Your name's Crystal. <laughs> I'm like, dang. But I felt the Lord speak into my spirit, Sarai, to Sarah. Sarah meant my princess. Sarah meant mother of nations. So what happens there is there's a maturity and a growth. She went from being God's princess to being a mother of nations. Having influence on nations, on a people. And so really I feel like that's what God is doing. He's going to take us and grow us. I think Rosie said it. It's so simple. We're going to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. There you go. Lord, Rosie always gets straight to the point. And that's really what's happening constantly. We're maturing and we're growing in our understanding and our faith in who God is so that you can be an influence to a people. So though you are princesses, God is maturing you and calling you to be a mother, to nurture. And I just thought that was so cool. I'm like, yes, I want to grow up. I always tell Rosie, I want to be just like you when I grow up. One day I'll grow up. But listen, we really have to really reel in these places in our hearts that just, it's always when, when something happens, and I'm going to get to this to, at the end of closing, in our lives that just move us, it's just an opportunity for you to get before the Lord. It's an, an indication of how much more we just need to grow. That's all it is. It's point blank. Every single one of us do it. I repent all the time. I don't stop repenting all the time. I got three kids. I'm repenting all day long. <laughs> Jesus, help me, save me, sanctify me. It's true. I carry around this fleshly body. But God is establishing his church that has a strong identity in who he is. And you are hidden now in that. And I just love, this is, where's my graduating class right now of TCMI? Can you guys just stand up? I don't mean to throw you. Come on. There's one more over there. We got two. Amen. Listen, they're being launched out of here. They're graduating in a week and a half next week, next Sunday, right? Woo! Listen, I really felt like this verse was more for you. Look, we got to stop comparing ourselves and competing with each other. Listen, we need to fall in our rightful place into the body of Christ because that way, I've said it before, you guys, every time we got so many uh, chiefs and not enough Indians, nothing works. We're all fighty and bitey. That's what I said in my house. Y'all are just fighty and bitey, like just fighting and biting at each other. 
But we really got to learn, especially you, as you leave and get launched into the places of influence that God is calling you to. I just loved Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, one of the blessed beatitudes. But in the message it says, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. So it's so important for us to work together instead of striving against each other and fighting against the grain and really understand our identity and who he is. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't already, subscribe today on your mobile device to get exclusive new content from Teen Challenge of Southern California. For more information, visit us on the web at teenchallenge.org.